Hello Playdate. Welcome to episode four of the Hello Playdate podcast. My name is Don. My name is Nick. And my name is Ryan. Thank you for joining us. We're going to talk about some uh, week four, season one, week four games at the end of the show. But in the meantime, we're going to talk about some news and uh, notes, little little happenings in the uh, Playdate world, and a couple of indies. So stick around, check those out, and we'll talk about the week four games at the end of this episode. So guys, I, I, I took a risk. I uninstalled one of these season games. Oh, yikes. Ooh. What happened? Why, why did you try that? That sounds scary. So my games are out of order. Remember, I had oh, my games were not yeah. updating. So I had four games pushed at once a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I, I won't say the names of the games, but they're out of order and it's uh, frustrating. It's a little it's messing with me. So I went back to play an older game and it wasn't where I thought it would be. And it just always throws me off. And so I decided to, to delete the smallest game, which I think I'm trying to remember what game it was. Oh, it was uh, Boogie Loops. I deleted Buggy Loops. There's only two megs. And I was thinking, oh, well, maybe when I reinstall it, it'll stick at the top of the pile. But it didn't. It, it slotted it right back in where it normally belonged. Hmm. So just wanted to reveal that experiment. And did it automatically reinstall itself? No. No, I had to choose to reinstall it. I see. Okay. Did it get rid of all your songs that you had saved on it? No. I didn't delete the save information. There's, hmm. It's a separate save data. Ah, okay. Oh, and um, one of my games, I'm trying to remember what happened. I think when my games came in last week or this week, it deleted one of my season games. Hmm. And I, I didn't notice yeah. until I was installing a sideloan game that it gave me the option to install one of my season games. And so I went to, back to the menu and sure enough, it was gone. And so I, I went and reinstalled it. I guess that would have been the test too, but I, I forgot about that. Hmm. Uh, so I'm not sure why that happened, but my save data was intact Good. in both cases. So yeah, I was happy, for, especially for the one that mysteriously uninstalled itself. Hmm. Hmm. Very strange. So, some random bugs. Yeah, but uh, that... what up, what's been happening in the world of Playdate uh, on your end? Um, well, I have some news. I sideloaded. My yeah, very first sideloading experience. Wow. Thanks to Nick and Don for sticking around after the show last week and holding my hand and pulling up URLs for me and pointing to things so that I could do it all by myself. So I downloaded, sideloaded, sideloaded mm-hmm. a bunch of games. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, is this uh, transition enough to move into Indie Games of the Week? Can I talk about mine? I'm excited about sure. it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Okay. Indie Game of the Week. Uh, Mine is Tochi. This is by SN Studio. And uh, this is like a little dungeon crawler adventure game. It's, uh, you know, sort of reminiscent of like Legend of Zelda and a a really fun, tiny game. Uh, It took me, you know, two, three, four tries to complete it initially. Uh, because there is no save state in this game. You've got to complete it all at once. Um, but just for funsies, I fired it up again today, this morning, and tried to do a little speed run on it just to see how long it would take me to complete it now that I've completed it. And mm-hmm. I did it in, it was like just over five minutes. It was not 10 minutes, whatever it was. So uh, it is a small game, but uh, I have some additional news that I just looked up 
on the SN Studio Twitter page. They've got a uh, an itch page and they've got a, 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 like a marketplace page for Tochi, but the only other thing they had was a Twitter page. And when I combed through there, I saw Tochi 2 Senshi is coming next month in June. So wow. uh, evidently this Tochi was sort of an experiment for them, which I can totally see because another bit of news, I got onto uh, the, what do they call it? Pulp, which is um, mm-hmm. Playdate's little, um, you know, web-based uh, designer, game designer. <clears throat> and I started poking around with a, a couple of sprites and seeing what I could do. And it was pretty apparent, at least from my very limited coding knowledge that it seemed as though they used that to create Tochi. And so uh, I think that that was kind of a testing grounds for them with this very approachable, smallish game. And uh, I look forward to seeing what they're going to do on Tochi 2 Senshi. Um, they, They said that they're not saying anything about release date, but keep your eyes peeled in June. So I think it's safe to say that I'll probably be dropping here pretty soon. But anyway, uh, I had a bunch of fun with this, and I'd love to hear what you guys thought about it, too. I have not tried it yet. Um, it's on my list. It's on my play date, but I haven't fired it up. So I, I must have liked it so much I bought it twice. <laughs> when you when you mentioned it, it I, when you mentioned it, I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen it, but I, I hadn't played it. And so I went and bought it on the store, and I noticed when I went to sideload it that it had already been sideloaded. So I went back to the store and then at the top of it, I did not know that it would say you own this game when you own a game Mm. in a a gray bar and the, uh, maybe the, the color of the bar changes depending on the color of the screen, but they chose a gray screen anyway. So it says I purchased it uh, 27 days ago and three days ago. Anyway, so (laughs) uh, I did play a little bit of it. I didn't finish it. I just kicked it on once and I guess I expected a deep adventure so i just played it for a couple of minutes i there were some cute elements um i won't spoil but i'll definitely go back and finish it up since it's a nice short game and then, yeah i'll look forward to the second one too yeah yeah this is a, a very parent friendly game like we have very mm-hmm. little time in our lives and this was such a refreshing little adventure um mm-hmm. i i was i actually completed it while my son and i were waiting in the car for my wife as she was grabbing plants at Home Depot. And so it was, it was fun to, to play this together. Um, uh, my son really got interested in it too and started playing around with it. Uh, cool. But it was nice to have something approachable, achievable uh, for myself with such limited time and my son wh- who's you know only eight years old right now. So um, nice work, SN Studio. I'm sure they don't mind your double purchase, Don. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Two thousand dollars twice. I accident. <laughs> that is Don's running price for mm-hmm. Playdate games. <laughs> it it reminded me a little bit of Underminer, which Nick and I talked about before. So if you're a fan of Underminer, great game, mm-hmm. uh, similar aesthetic. Cool. But uh, yeah. Okay, Nick. What what's your indie pick of the week? Well, Don, I'm glad you asked. Um, have you ever played a game called uh, Light Cycles? It's based off of the Tron uh, segment of the same name where hmm. there are light cycles and uh, it's it's essentially like uh, 
multiplayer snake. snake. Yeah. <laughs> where where you leave a trail behind you and uh any other competitor that hits that trail or you um is knocked out. Um mm-hmm. so the game that I wanted to talk about is called Between the Lines and it's made by an outfit called Brothers Online. Uh it is also like Tochi, name your price. Um and it's a heck of a lot of fun. It's a multiplayer game on the Playdate, which is uh, fairly rare. Um, and you can play up to three players simultaneously. One person uses the crank. Uh, the next person uses the D-pad. And then the third person uses A and B to turn oh. left and right. And you turn incrementally. So with the crank, um, you turn just a fraction and you you go flying in, in the direction <laughs> that you move. Um I really love the simplicity and fun of a multiplayer snake-like game uh, like Light Cycles. Um, as an early Linux gamer, uh, there was a OpenGL version of Light Cycles, which was very impressive back in 1997 or 8. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I played the heck out of that thing. Uh, so this reminded me instantly of that. Um, they say that it is actually derivative of a different game called uh, Zataka or Actung die Curve, uh, which I'm assuming is a German uh, arcade style game. Um, the curves instead of in uh, light cycles, traditionally uh, the, the curves are instantaneous, 90 degrees every time you turn. Um, in this, it's, it's a gradual turn and it takes several um, attempts to kind of get the hang of it, especially if you're cranking, which is mm-hmm. what I did. But I love it. I love these short little arcade experiences. Just score attack um, really brings me back to a place and a time. And having this new twist on that old formula is exactly the kind of thing that I'm looking for in a in a playdate jam. So um, hope you all get a chance to give that one a shot if you haven't. And uh, if you have, let me let me know what you think. I, I, I put it by my... myself. Not as much fun. I should I should definitely try it with somebody else. I mean, it was still fun. It was definitely inter- interesting to see a multiplayer game on the playdate. Mm-hmm. I used my new powers of sideloading, and I sideloaded <laughs> this one. Nice. And uh, I did get the snake vibe from it, and I also think it's interesting that there are curves involved instead of right angles. I used to play snake on a monochrome PC in the 80s, so uh, I have that firmly embedded in my mind. Um but I did find it very sensitive on the crank. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is, you know, just individual degree movements <laughs> <laughs> will really move you surprisingly far. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not understand that it was a two-player simultaneous game, like you're trying to get multiple people's hands on a singular play date. Uh, I, I tried it one player and, you know, went as far as I could, you know, getting points. And then I tried it two player and wasn't really understanding that everybody needs to huddle around this thing in order to make it happen. Or I didn't understand there was a three player option. That's really cool. So I just tried this out this morning. I'm glad that we're talking now. So I understand it a little better. Maybe mm-hmm. I can, uh, wrangle a family member to, to, to huddle around this thing with me. <laughs> Did either of you try Astro Bears on the Switch? No. It's it's like a 3D version of this. Your little bears running <laughs> around like a 
Mario Galaxy planet, and then you jump over the other lines, uh, which my kids really enjoyed. So I bet they'd maybe if they weren't using the crank, maybe I'll stick them on the D pad or something. Mm-hmm. So Good they, call. They get frustrated if they're running yeah. into themselves over and over. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to think. I don't know if I looked at the menu. If you could adjust the sensitivity. Sometimes I forget to just bring up the menu and check the settings. Yeah, on a lot of these games. I, I didn't think about that either. <laughs> yeah. I found the start screen a little confusing. It was like press down to start the game or mm-hmm. A, B, up, down. I wasn't sure what it was trying to tell me. I felt like they weren't there's, labeled extraordinarily clearly, but maybe that was just me. There's the option to invert the colors, which I mm-hmm. appreciate. Um, and uh, then there's the multiplayer option. So you can set two or three players and then pushing, okay. I think it's down, as you say, to start. Yeah. I probably just um, need to take a look at that screen a little more. Yeah. Yeah. Spend 10, 20 minutes just pouring <laughs> over it. Soaking it in. <laughs> it is confusing the, at the first. Player options. Sure. <laughs> it is. It's it just like slamming into the wall a thousand times uh, like I did. Um, mm-hmm. it, it takes takes some practice to get used to the menu. But uh, I do like the simplicity, like I say. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, I'd be very interested to hear uh, if you're able to, to, to get the family involved. Um, mine, mine has not tried it. So mm. curious about the multiplayer aspect. Cool. I will give it my all, but in the meantime, Don, yeah, what indie games are you playing these days? Mine, I didn't think was a game, but it, it's got some game elements. Mine is Illumination by Caden Batrack or Batrack. It's called a. It's a mini comic, so it's an interactive comic. It's very short. You could probably speed run it, maybe in like thirty seconds. But uh, if you take your time and enjoy the comic book, like you would flip through a comic book it takes a couple minutes and there are some interactive elements you're a, a botanist on a different planet and you're trying to like plant a seed and i don't want to spoil the whole thing but uh this is sort of like a demo for an upcoming game or visual novel called the botanist that he's working on um that's going to be a nine dollar uh, project that takes like i think 20 or 30 minutes or excuse me 15 to 20 minutes he says that's coming out later this year wow so Illumination is like a free demo for that. So I highly recommend checking it out. The art is really cool. It's, um, I guess I would sort of put it in a Psychonauts ballpark is something that's more mainstream that most people will be familiar with as far as the art style. Um, but he used, I think it's called frames is the, or pains is the, um, what's it called? Software that he used to code it. And so it does have like these moving frames. So the image does seem really animated as you're cranking through the different frames of animation or excuse me, uh, frames of the comic. And they, mm-hmm. they don't just go side to side, they go up and down. And then there is some interactive elements in different frames of the um, frames of the comic. So yeah, definitely check it out. Even if you're not, there's not a whole lot of reading or anything. It's not like a, a comic comic or a novel or something. I, even if you can't read and you're just listening to us right now. Yeah, definitely check it out. Show it to your kids. It's really cute. Yeah, I think you did a pretty great job of explaining that, Don. And I'm a little embarrassed that that wasn't my indie game of the I know, week. Ryan, I was the comic artist here. <laughs> but I did sideload it again uh, and went through this. Just as you were talking about, I found it to be really accessible, interesting, seeing the different movement of the panels, but also like including some parallax within the backgrounds of the panels to make it seem a little more deep. Mm -hmm. Um, In addition to 
minor gameplay elements. And I'm really excited to hear that he's working on something bigger. Is this going to be, is the larger version going to be released on Playdate? Or yes. is this, oh, very cool. Yeah, it's a Playdate game and it's it's based on this character. Huh. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, it definitely had my wheels turning as a comic artist myself. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. This this is this is something pretty unique. Um, Yeah. What do you think, Nick? Uh, I've seen it in the store. I've sideloaded it myself, but I haven't fired it up yet. But as soon as I saw it in the store, I thought this is something uh, which I hope Ryan really (laughs) sees and gets into because um, I, I feel like it's each new medium for comics is really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. How, how can you utilize all these different elements to tell a story graphically with words, um, with a crank? Uh, <laughs> there's so many different things um, that can be utilized. And, and these are things before I met Ryan, I had an appreciation for comics and I, I like to read them and so forth. But Ryan, uh, has really cranked up my uh-huh. interest in comics. Ew. Yeah. Um, so now I'm I'm looking at, uh, at at the artistry behind a lot of comics now, and and I appreciate a lot more um, the uh, work that goes into creating them. So I'm always fascinated to hear Ryan's take on on anything like this, um, because I I know you're always thinking about <laughs> about comics and creation and and those kind of things. So um, anyway, I'm, I'm mostly interested in hearing, hearing your thoughts. So um, thanks. Thanks for those. Yeah. Well, Nicholas Cornelius Baldridge, we got to get you to fire that thing up. Start looking <laughs> yeah, at it. Definitely try it, Nick. Try oh, it tonight, I, Nick. I will. Yeah. I will. Yeah, got to set down those flower pots. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it probably takes more time to, to do your, your bloom or what is it? Yeah. Bloom. Bloom. Right? Yeah. Yeah, your bloom play through each day. I've I've only got uh, six more gotchas to get before okay. I'm. You're close. A week left. Yeah. Right. Uh, Next week you can start trying out our indie picks. <laughs> so it's it was built with panels. Panels is the software that he used. Well, that makes sense. And okay. the art style isn't that far away from from Ryan's. Frankly, if that's maybe that's a, a is this a, a Philistine's way of saying it? But is this a pseudonym, Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> that nice heavy outline and whatnot. Yeah, so let me see if I can get my friends to say good things about this pseudonym and then I'll spring it on them. It was all me. No, no. This is this is definitely not me, but I definitely appreciate all the work that has gone into this so far and I'm super yeah. excited to see what a larger version of this will be. Yeah. So I've so, actually I got a subscription to Marvel Unlimited about mm-hmm. two weeks ago i got a three-month subscription so i've been reading a thor comic on my phone mm-hmm. and i think i really prefer the the way this was handled on Playdate. i mean you do have to use a light which is a bummer i can read thor in bed but it it centers it in the middle of my phone which i don't like the text is really small and i don't like the interface of either having to zoom into the text or sometimes it will zoom into the text bubbles which is nice um but this is just always full framed the I guess because the artist is the one who created the game or the interactive story. So they get to frame exactly what they want you to see at all times. Whereas on the iPhone app, it's not the same thing. But this was a really nice way to experience a similar type of medium. 
uh, compared to the Marvel Unlimited thing, which I'm just, I feel like I'm constantly fighting to like <laughs> read or follow the story or whoops, I clicked forward a page on accident. Let me go back a panel <laughs> or did I go back or, or did I skip one on accident? And then I'm like getting lost. It's just, I find the, the app to be really not friendly compared to this um whoops i skipped i went to the wrong thing uh illumination the illumination game i'm on the botanist page sorry so anyway yeah agreed i i feel like i look at a screen enough during the day and when i'm ready to read comics i like dead tree comics in my hands that i can just <laughs> yeah. look at as they were intended but obviously you know those marvel comics were not intended for the phone but there's places yeah. like webtoons that are specifically designed for the mobile scroll, the vertical scroll. And so, you know, if you're interested in that, there are places that are designing for that, but um, I don't think that traditional Marvel comics are designing for that. <laughs> what kind of Fortnite skins do they offer though? Uh, what? What's the tie in with the Fortnite skins? Cause that's why you got to get the Marvel unlimited. Uh huh. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm going to nod and <laughs> pretend I know what's happening right now. Well, speaking of pretending we know what's happening, Ryan, <laughs> should we talk about this week's, uh, are we good? Oh, uh, there is one quick thing I wanted to mention. This kind of goes back into news and notes, but I found another sort of Playdate podcast mm-hmm. called okay. One Bit Wonders. Oh. I don't think it's maybe exclusively a Playdate podcast, but they've been talking about Playdate a lot because one of them physically got a Playdate this week and they've been kind of building up to it. So they've been talking Playdate a lot lately. They're only on episode 11, but when I went to their page, they have like 30 episodes out. But they're all like these random, like they have very themed uh, series that all kind of jumbled together. So maybe maybe there's a lot going on on this channel. But One Bit Wonders, there'll be a link in the show notes. Um, one of the two guys, I think, is in Mexico. He, he talked about one of the devices getting shipped to Mexico. And the other guy seems to have an American accent. But uh, anyway, I thought it was interesting that it seems to be mostly focused on Playdate. So I thought I'd give him a, a shout out here as well. There's so. uh, a, a different plug, but uh, there's a, another podcast called The Short Game. And mm-hmm. they just had a Playdate episode. Um, I haven't listened to it yet, but it just released yesterday. Um, they focus on short games of all types. And uh, one of them had mentioned they were very excited they were getting a Playdate soon. So um Anyway, uh, I'm yeah. I'm not sure what they said, but I am well, interested in listening to it. <laughs> I listen to the short game regularly as well, and I listened to that episode today. So uh, they do talk spoilers for up to week four or five. Um, okay. but that's late in the show. But heads up, they will just start dropping spoilers about what games are coming out later. That's well, good. P.S. Know. Since we're dropping additional podcast info i wanted to give i wanted to give a shout and actually a follow-up from last week's episode so uh there's another playdate podcast called playdate podcast and this is put out by playdate uh the host is krista morgan if i'm remembering correctly and she does a really amazing job of piecing these stories together in kind of like a this American life type of way, like very produced, but not overproduced. Um, it, it, it flows really seamlessly in taking bits and pieces of interviews with 
you know, the first ep- episode is about uh, the creation of the play date and how that happened over the course of a 10 year period and all the people involved and the different iterations that it went through from, you know, a clock to a dedicated handheld game to a multi gaming system to anyway, it, it's fascinating to see all the manufacturing hoops they had to jump through in order to get this made. And then subsequent episodes start focusing on individual games. Each episode is a different game talking with the developers of that game from season one. And it's so good. So I I wanted to mention that and a bit of information that I got from listening to that was about a game we talked about last week. Um, uh, so last week's game, uh, Lost Your Marbles, is by a company called Sweet Baby Inc., if I'm remembering right. correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and they mentioned offhandedly that this developer is actually taking experienced game designers and pairing them up with new less experienced game designers to allow them to design games and get credits on published games and be mentored by experienced game designers. And I wow. just, I thought that was so cool. They're that located, is. they're located in Canada. And I think after our discussion last week, I started gaining a bit of appreciation for lost your marbles. I, I still hold true to the couple tenets I mentioned last week about how I think the gameplay could be improved. But with that said, I just wanted to highlight that studio that made that game because I thought that was such an incredible concept and was really happy to hear somebody doing something like that. So go sweet mm-hmm. baby ink, go Playdate podcast. <laughs> All of that was a, a lot of fun for me. And what I wanted to bring that to the show today. Yeah. Thank you. I actually started yeah. replaying uh, lose your marbles, lost your marbles mm-hmm. because I kind of felt like, yeah, maybe I was missing something after we talked about it. And so I'm going down a different path. Cool. What Find is your new, uh, a, a darker path? Is- yes, <laughs> I've chosen the dark side. Trying to find like the actual winning path. Mm -hmm. I'm doing terrible. What does your new wanted poster say? My new wanted poster is the dog's butt. And it says, (laughs) is is this you? But it is on the heavy card stock. I found the heavy card stock. Nice. So I I came out strong getting that best choice there and then Mm -hmm. had a bunch of losses in a row. So anyway, Uh, well, let's talk. uh, Let me let's talk first about uh echoic memory yeah echoic memory yeah so games of the week season games of the week so this is season or week four uh real quick this is made by samantha zero and Mm -hmm. which is the name of the company i think um so there's several members of samantha zero but echoic memory is a musical puzzle game that utilizes the player's own sensory memory and a playful twist of the crank with two modes its story mode explores the meaning of memories Coic Memory was made by a small team before and during the pandemic. And the other mode, it doesn't mention it in this little thing, but it's a, it's a match mode, which has like different features mm-hmm. and you can kind of, um, it's kind of like a match game. You flip over one card, you try and match to the second card. A little more complex than that, but uh, let's talk a little bit about Echoic Memory. Does anyone want to grab the mic first? Uh, sure, I, I can do so. Um, so this week, just a heads up, I, I didn't have a ton of time to put into either of the games this week, but I did play some. Um, Echoic Memory, I thought, had a really cool and compelling story hook. Um, mm-hmm. The 
uh, idea of repairing machines uh, and uh, having them speak about uh, emotions or sense memory or or things of that nature is a pretty powerful hook for me, who also enjoys repairing machines. <laughs> um, and has and, an audio background too. And yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> Uh, so as you're playing, uh, you're trying to match a um, short audio loop with one of several audio loops. And to do so, you have to turn the crank to to get the audio loop to kind of tune in to the right frequency uh, so that you can hear what's, what's happening. Um, as you're doing that, uh, if you don't remember what the loop is, you can go back and replay it. Um, and it gets more and more complex as you go on. So uh, it might start, and there'd be four different choices. Eventually, there will be six, and then eight, and so on. Um, it's uh, pretty uh, pretty fun. Uh, the, the thing that uh, I had a, a little bit of trouble with mechanically is that I found, at least throughout uh, Act 1, and there are several acts, um, I don't... I think you mentioned there are five acts total. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, so throughout act one, at least in the beginning of act two, um, usually the first few bars are all you really need to match the, uh, the sound. And there's a little note that says press a <laughs> to, to stop the loop. And then you have to go in and tune in each of the cranks. There's four, six, eight, um, however many. And then, by that time, usually I've forgotten those first few bars <laughs> enough where I can't confidently guess. So then I have to go back and listen to the loop. And again, you can't stop the loop after the first few bars. Normally, I remember the melody, but not necessarily the first few beats. And so then you have to listen to the whole thing. And by that time, I've kind of forgotten which <laughs> which one of the, the cranked members is the correct one. So then I listen to those and then I've forgotten the the original one again. So um, I, I found it a very distracting and, and hectic uh, kind of gameplay experience for me at the time that I was playing it. Um, if I had more time, I feel like I would have felt differently about it. But at the time that I had to allocate to playing it this week, I felt uh, that there could be some changes to the way that interface works or just eliminating the f- the... Uh, note that you could push the A button to cancel the loop as it's playing. If, if that was not there, I would feel probably a lot better about it. But as it was, uh, I I had trouble um, getting really into the game. I, I did really enjoy the story. I did enjoy the concept, but I, I had a hard time getting into the gameplay. Um, how about you, Ryan? Um, I, have, I have similar feelings about uh, really interesting... Uh, hook for the game. Um, And I progressed through, I'm not sure how many acts. I certainly did not complete it, but I got to a point where there were no longer only four uh, options to match, but there were eight options. And I went through several iterations of that to the point where I got to a level that um, has multiple silent tracks and those silent tracks are the answer to the match that you're supposed to make. So it, it, one thing Nick didn't mention, 
at least I, I don't think you did, <clears throat> is that these match audio clips are not a direct copy of the audio clip you listen to. They're actually, they start getting a little bit more garbled as you progress through the game. It becomes more and more difficult to identify them. And I had gone through several rounds of that and I understood that there's like missing pieces and, uh, you know, uh, distorted versions of what I'm trying to find. Okay. I get that. But the multiple silent tracks just made me kind of throw my hands up in the air. Like if there's one of these multiple silences that I'm supposed to guess, how am I supposed to get any of that? Uh, so you got to crank. You got to crank. Ryan, yeah. Did you know you can crank in both directions? Um, and it changes how you tune in. So if you're if you're hitting something at mm. that phase where everything is silent, that means that you're not actually tuned into the right frequency. Oh. Um, and if there's missing notes, again, you're not quite correct um, in in where you're at. We, we need to do like a a, a midweek <laughs> podcast so that I can understand everything I'm supposed to do podcasts. in these games. <laughs> I was kind of in Ryan's camp because I thought you could only turn it 360 degrees, and so I mm-hmm. was kind of with Ryan. We're like, I can like sort of hear like the very low bass line or a little bit of a, a crackle here and there that kind of matches, and then there would be might be one track that would be totally silent. And so I'd be like, I guess that's the one. And so I talked to Nick and I, he, I figured out eventually the way we were talking, like, oh, you can turn it a bunch of times. Like you can turn it dozens of times one way or the other to really tune in. And then I was like, oh, this oh, is super easy after a while. Like I thought it was very right. challenging, but eventually totally. you can get like the exact same song. Huh. Yeah. Oh, and that's interesting. That, Man, I'm so glad we're talking. Have either of you <laughs> uh, taken apart a, a, an FM radio uh, maybe a receiver from like the 1970s. This is such no, a Nick question. Like no. no. <laughs> okay. right. well, you break out your oscilloscope. You hook it up. Come on, Ryan. No, Ryan. No. <laughs> Nothing that advanced, but um, uh, usually they're very simple inside, and it's a ganged capacitor scenario. Yeah, of course. And you're turning a dial, and it's changing the capacitance or the resistance of the circuit in order to tune into a specific frequency. And so this is kind of an analog for that same experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, there's that. Enjoy. <laughs> Ryan, okay. you're in act one, by the way. If you don't yeah. know that you're in act two, you're in act one. Yeah. I, I think I made it to act two. It'll say but you're in act two. It'll but say yeah. act two. <laughs> I, I think I saw that, but it's okay. been a little bit since I played it. So I'll, I'll okay. have to double check. Anyway. Um, I have another question for you guys that maybe will clarify this game for me even more. Um, so the busted audio machines that you're fixing will talk to you and Mm. it's a bunch of garbly gook. And is that supposed to mean something or be pertinent to the story or is there just a bunch of Easter eggs hidden that I am not understanding? it will become apparent as you continue to play. Yeah, don't want to don't want to say too much, but there's a okay. story there. Yeah. Okay. All right. There's a little Westworld vibe going. Huh. Cool. But don't talk to the computers. Yeah, you get <laughs> you lose your paycheck. There's a there's a little uh, pick pack pup vibe going in there. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want the bosses at fetch to come down on you. Uh, yep. Did you complete this, Don? No, it's it's supposed to be one of the longer games uh, out right huh. now. Okay. I'm still in Act Two, and I've played a lot yeah um i'm still on the 16 like i have 16 uh boxes now yeah oh, wow. okay wow huh. yeah but i'm 
I didn't play much uh, the last two days. So. Hmm. Um, there was one thing, Nick, that you said that I think is a bug that I assume will be patched out, and that was the uh, cancellation thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. I, the push I hope beat, that they do. That is yeah. for the boxes, not for the the playback thing. Oh, I agree okay. that the playback thing should have a cancellation. Some of the samples are kind of long, and at a certain point, like I just want to hear the first the first beat, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, okay, yeah. that was a reminder. Let me just stop it. But I, that box hanging out there is just hanging out, and I, that should be cleared oh. off. Yeah, that's a bug. <laughs> so, so do you guys think that was intentional? Do you think that the designers are intentionally making you listen to the entire thing to make it a little more challenging? Or I don't what, know what are your they thoughts on that? feel that it's more no. challenging. I think different people experience um, audio memory in different ways. Yeah. Um, and... So, you know, perhaps they experience it one way. Uh, I, I tend to have a, a fairly good memory for things like numbers and, and sounds, but not necessarily after hearing multiple iterations of sounds in a row, which is exactly what this game is. Um, so uh, for, for someone like me, I think it would be helpful to be able to cancel it. Sometimes there's variation after like six seconds. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed so that too. It, they'll start out the same. Not very often though. It's it's easier than I thought it was, especially once I got like, oh, you can crank a bunch of times, and I was like mm-hmm. blowing through levels. Um, did you guys look at the credits? I did actually. That's what I wanted to bring up next because you mentioned this was made by Samantha Zero, and yeah. I'm assuming that's named after the lead developer Samantha Kalman. And I wanted to highlight the fact that this is made by three women and one person who identifies as they, them, uh, which is super cool. I don't think that Mm -hmm. we've had a uh, non-male development team uh, yet in season one. And I'm really Uh, happy to see that uh, Panic has not only indie developers, but (laughs) non-white male developers on their radar to uh to release some of these first games so uh i wanted to highlight that about echoic memory loser marbles is pretty varied the team behind loser marbles is that right oh cool yeah all over the map which is really cool but i meant specifically the credit screen did you look at Mm. the credit screen in the game i guess not you have to check it out it's so cool is it yeah it's awesome it's like it's one of my favorite parts about the game like it has <laughs> um it's a conveyor belt with all these different uh, machines coming across it but the machines the artwork on the machines is so cool huh, you gotta oh, check wow. it out it only it all only right. takes a minute to watch the whole credits but highly highly worth it so do you just hang out on the title screen and then it starts or is it no an it's a selection somewhere? it's an option okay yeah okay cool yeah and then there's uh yeah, that sound you heard earlier, that was me turning the game on and then turning it down. I was going to look on the credits because when I looked at the play date screen for the game, uh, I would suggest not looking at it if you haven't, because there's like a pretty big spoilers on that screen, which is like every week when we look at this thing, it's like, oh, this is some really deep in the game images on here. But it, it mentions a band, like a real band on the uh, screen. So I was looking at the credits to see if the band was credited in the game but and they're not mm-hmm. so maybe it's just coincidence mm-hmm. um but there's this pair match mode did you guys try that out i'm guessing not. no it sounds like no that. i was in story mode so you can change the number of sound panels the musical genre i won't go over it here but there's like four or five different genres that are pretty varied cool uh, the number of fuses you get which is kind of like the number of lives if you choose mm-hmm. the wrong mm-hmm. panel basically this whole game is like simon says i don't know if any of us have actually 
pared it down that far. It's basically your plain Simon says here. If you miss a life, then a fuse blows. A time limit, and then the different sound effects, the different crinkles and crackles when you're turning the crank, uh, which is really fun to to play with. Makes it more difficult. So pretty Mm -hmm. cool. And we didn't mention uh, there's a battery life. Did you guys notice that? If you replay the the main sample too much, the battery keeps draining and draining and draining. Eventually, you can't listen to it. I did not. There's a battery right above the button you push to replay it. Okay. I've never had it go out, so I don't know what... I assume it just stops playing, but... It's pretty generous hmm. right now, anyway, with the number of lives. So, um, I I would compare this uh, more closely with uh, the the card game memory, um, mm-hmm. where you you're flipping over trying to make matched pairs. Yeah, um, that, that's a good way to do it. I mean, a good a good comparison. Simon says it, when you were complaining, kind of a, like having to listen to the long sample, it was reminding me of Simon says, where like you got to watch the fifteen flashes and you're like i know i know i know just let me get let me start hitting <laughs> buttons because i don't want to forget the beginning of the pattern yeah um yeah it's a little different when you're performing uh a piece of music versus uh just picking one from from a list um mm. which is essentially what this boils down to uh, yeah i just looked through that i just looked through that that credit sequence as you were yeah. talking right now very cool. And it looks like that credit sequence was done by uh, somebody who's not listed on the development team. <laughs> he was the very last credit in there. And that is what he did was the credit sequence. So that's kind huh. of interesting. Um, anyway, thanks for pointing that out. I would probably would not have clicked on that otherwise. Oh, I thought Rochelle Viola did the credits. She did the artwork. But if you stick oh, around to the okay. end of the credit sequence, it gives a name for uh art in the credit sequence or something like that. oh oh i see yeah yeah the art in the credit sequence is very different than the game mm-hmm. uh in a good way i like i like the art in the game too i don't know it feels I, different i like the art in the game a lot yeah i was noticing this is sort of a tangent but um with the news going on today i won't talk about it but uh no shooting games this this uh season so far very yeah. weird for a video game i mean i'm halfway through the season 12 12 in and no uh run and gun type stuff so pretty cool that there we got so much mileage out of all these different weird experiences on here yeah yeah i've got to think that's pretty intentional on the part of panic yeah and no fishing games yet either which everybody thought (laughs) (laughs) i i keep seeing people chiming in in comments on twitter and stuff saying well, i can't wait for a fishing game <laughs> and developers are saying of course we're not going to do a fishing game because that's what everybody thinks of first <laughs> yeah there is one of the guys making one of the upcoming season games his next game is going to be a fishing game <laughs> but it sounds like a, a cool fishing game i can't think of who it was or i would uh, shut him out but um, anyway, should we, is there anything else to say? Oh, I do want to say I like all the music on here. I like how varied it is. It's mm-hmm. like like reggae. I hate reggae, but I can I, I can hang with it for an hour. Like, I don't know that I would want to listen to any of this club music all day, but I, for these little bits and stuff, I think they're so, so good. And like listening to it with my headphones, like, man, I don't know what kind of sound processor or chips or I'm not good with any of that stuff, but man, it sounds so good with headphones. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of range in this play date thing here. It's very nice hardware for mm-hmm. audio in there. 
So it sounds great. The music clips they chose or made or whatever sound fantastic. So very well done there. Um, anyway, so should we rank it and get to the next one? We got about 15 minutes left. Sure. Um, well, Don, Don, why don't I'll you start? start? I'll start high. I, I mean, I'm ranking this thing at number two. Hey. Right below Pick Pack Pup. Yeah. I wow. Love it. Nice. All right. So score one for echoic memory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ryan, how about you? I'm going to toss mine at number eight for now under lost your marbles. And uh, it's going to join uh, your number eight as my number eight as well under boogie loops. Um, that was intended to be temporary in case I had a chance to get back to it and, and kind of get more into it. So this might raise eventually but uh for today's rankings it is number eight for me nick is reserving the mulligan yes you guys you guys have have spoiled it i only have seven on my list so that means our next game must be in the top eight or in the top seven oh that's true that's (laughs) true yeah so our next game you want to you want to go with it nick uh sure the next game is called flipper lifter by serenity forge and this is an arcade action uh, game where you are uh, actually a sentient elevator and you're trying to <laughs> <laughs> nice. crank uh, crank penguins between floors in various uh, locales. So uh, I only had, a, again, a limited time this week. I only played through four of the five stages, at least which are listed um, when you start the game. Um, mm. I don't know. Uh, did either of you finish the game? I, I made it to... I made it to five levels. I opened up the fifth level. And wow. when you get to the fifth level, there is not an option for another level like there is okay. the entire time. So I believe that is it. And then once you unlock all of them, at that point, I believe you're just shooting for high scores at that point. Okay. You know, beat what you did before. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll let you finish talking about this one, Nick, before I chime in any further. So um, each of the locales is is a bit different. You start off in a hotel and you're just cranking vertically between different floors. And there are penguins which are waiting to ride on the elevator. Uh, they don't hit a button. Uh, they just happen to stand there until you stop for long enough for them to get on the elevator. And then there will be a flashing indicator on the floor on which you're supposed to drop them. The hotel keeps getting larger and larger as you progress. So if you keep doing well, time is added to your clock. Uh, for each penguin that's dropped off successfully. And uh, eventually, every so many penguins, a new floor is added to the hotel. Um, If you do not return a penguin to the correct floor before the little blinking indicator expires, then the penguin will be dropped off at the nearest floor and will very slowly saunter off. And you have to watch the whole thing uh, in shame as an elevator until <laughs> you're able to move again. Um, it's uh, it's very it's cute. I, I like uh, the little animations that there are when you drop a uh, penguin off successfully. They, they slide on their belly across the floor. It's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. And on that first stage, the elevator's right in the center. It's very easy to understand, very clear, uh, simple mechanics, and a lot of fun. Then <laughs> you move to other stages where the mechanics are less clear. Um, there are a really? couple of st- stages. Yeah, there are a couple of stages which are like set in 
uh, like a mine type setting. And in those, aside from going vertically, you can move between horizontal spaces on yeah. conveyor belts. And the way that those work uh, is that you have to stop on the conveyor belt for long enough uh, that the elevator would open its doors ordinarily, but instead you're shuttled across to the other side. Um, this uh, mechanic is very difficult uh, to get the hang of at first, but once you do, um, it's it's a lot of fun and uh, it keeps growing down with the second stage. Um, as you progress through the game, more and more obstacles are added until you get to stage four, and then I don't know what happens in stage five, but I assume it is the culmination of everything that you've learned to that point. Don't read the uh, description. It tells you about stage five. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've been staying away from, from all uh, that content because I never know. Um, yeah. And um, I know Ryan doesn't believe in spoilers, but I... Uh, I, <laughs> I, I do uh, think this spoiler angst is pretty funny, but go on. <laughs> Um, anyway, so I, I really enjoyed uh, playing this game. Again, it's a, it's a very easy pick-up-and-play type game, but it's a, a easy-to-learn-hard-to-master type uh, situation. And uh, each stage is unlocked based on the number of successful penguins, which you uh, throw into a furnace or whatever happens to them once they get off on the appropriate floor. <laughs> um, wow. And Getting dark. <laughs> yeah. the, the last uh, the last stage is unlocked once you have three hundred successful deliveries, but uh, it only counts if you break a previous high score. So if you had a hundred successful deliveries on stage one, and then you have a hundred and one successful deliveries on stage one, you only get one additional penguin or star uh, towards that mm-hmm. unlock count. So it does take uh, some time, some practice uh, on each stage in order to get the best score that you possibly can. Um, in order to move on to the next. So um, what did you all think of, of this game? Uh, uh, Don, what what were your thoughts? I think I think it adds three seconds each time you deliver one. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. At first with the hotel, I was like, oh, I have a new favorite game this season. Like it mm-hmm. just uses the crank. And it took me a minute to get the hang of like which way was up and which way was down. But then I, I realized, oh, clockwise is up, kind of clockwise is down. And like once my brain realized that, it just automatically clicked in and became a habit. Um, for, for whatever reason, that took a while. But I, I really enjoyed it. I, I like that the penguins are standing in different spots. Some of them stand like several feet away from the elevator. Some of them stand right next to it. So there's a little bit of strategy, like picking them up at different times. Some seem less patient than others, especially in the later stages. Like some, they're not all on the same timer. As far as I could tell, it's not always 10 seconds or something. Some of them want to get dropped off in eight seconds. Some of them Mm -hmm. seem to be 12 seconds or whatever the time is. There's no physical timer flashing at you, but uh, there's seems to be some more variation in there. I like the, um, there's an eagle attack at some point. It's not Mm -hmm. too far, not too deep in. So I'm okay saying that. Uh, adding some variety there. And I feel like that level, the mountain level, has the most gameplay variation. Um, I feel like levels two and four are a variation of sort of the same thing. Mm-hmm. The The unlocks were tough. Like it was, it took me a lot of plays to unlock number four. I was really chipping away by like two or three stars at a time for a while there. And I just felt frustrated. Um, so 
I don't know. I, I was like trying to rethink strategy, which maybe that's a good part of a game. Like I felt like I was playing an old eighties arcade game, like a Donkey yeah. Kong or something where I was really like trying to perfect it. Uh, King of Kong style or something, mm-hmm. um, which is great. That's like, this is my Robotron 2084. Like when people talk about, <laughs> there is no 10 out of 10 games. It's like, well, yeah, Robotron is a 10 out of 10 game. Like that simplicity that's all you need the game to do, and it does it perfectly. Like to me, this is that type of game. It does what it needs to do perfectly. It doesn't need a sixty-five hour story and a hundred quests all over a map or whatever. It just does what it needs to do. Mm, my one thing, my one thing that it doesn't do perfectly. Well, oh. I, again, like uh, some of the levels. Um, I, this is not a ten out of ten game. Some of the levels are, like I said, two and four are a little too similar. But um, it has some hiccups. Like I noticed there's like some slowdown and it will screw you up. Did you notice that it'll like hiccup sometimes? No. Like it pauses for just a second. That that only happened for me if I missed somebody's drop off. Yep. Same for me. Well, it'll definitely pause if you miss a drop off. But like there are, it does it on a few games. So I don't know. Maybe it's my play date. Maybe I need to do a reset or something. It needs a break or something. The only um, thing that I've noticed is. It'll hiccup now and then. Is if you're not extremely precise with where you stop the elevator then it will take a second just to sort of recalibrate it to the floor and then allow you to open the doors and you know that's what a real elevator does it has that lift so i I like that Um, but i'm talking about like a classical a graphical glitch like it'll flash the screen will flash like it's Mm. chugging no no yeah mine does that now and then it does it more in this game than any other game i've noticed Hmm. And it really throws you off because you need that like fraction of a second to totally. Yeah, yeah. maybe try rebooting your play date. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to try that. I love the weight when you have five penguins in there. Then you're really yeah. having to crank to like get them <laughs> up there because it's so heavy. I love that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I obviously I enjoyed this game. Ryan, what are your what are your thoughts? Yeah, I super dug this game as well. Flipper Lifter. Um. Another like quirky offering from the play date uh i love like you highlighted earlier don that there's no real traditional arcade games in here it's like they're they're really trying to push the envelope on the season one which i really love um i really enjoy that you have to be very precise with this crank you know it's a don said it's all crank and uh at points you want to really move it fast but then at other points you want to slow it down and be very precise with where you stop it otherwise it's going to take Mm -hmm. that extra fraction of a second for that elevator to align automatically but it will be slower than if you did it yourself if you cranked accurately so i think that's a really interesting and uh nerve-wracking part of the game that you know you're trying so hard oh i was just barely off and i saw it like recalibrate on its own um nick you were highlighting some of the animations that you really enjoy like the penguins sort of sliding off on their belly my favorite animation in this game is when you're in a real hurry and you drop off a penguin but you have another one whose time is expiring so you like (laughs) slam the door shut and there's a penguin who like like, sort of waddles back because you slam the door in his face (laughs) and goes back to waiting on the side i love that um so do you guys want me to say what level five is or is this like spoiler no no territory 
Don? I feel like I need well, your permission I here. <laughs> no, I already know because I read it in the description. I okay. I don't know. Um, but I mean, I think it's named in the in the menu, so yeah, it's yeah. not a huge surprise, I don't think. Okay. Um, well, I'll give listeners a spoiler alert here. Fast forward a couple <laughs> minutes, just like I said last <laughs> Spoilers time. Spoilers for and, a football uh, lifter. <laughs> <laughs> so the the final uh level space is just as it says space and you're on a uh, space station with like multiple tiers and a single shaft much like mountain or motel um it kind of combines mountain and motel it's very similar to mountain in the fact that a bird comes flying by in space in yeah. space and we'll 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 pick off you know your your penguins if you are opening an elevator on the floor he's flying on so um don once you're you're probably not a fan of the fifth level because it's pretty similar to mountain that came before it just like mm-hmm. i would imagine you're not a fan of uh gosh what were those two mine and, and construction, construction. Yeah. yeah so uh but i will have a differing voice here on mine and construction. I know you both found those to be needlessly complex with the horizontal movement. I actually thought mine was really great, gets you mm-hmm. used to this horizontal movement, mm-hmm. and then construction takes it up a notch by allowing you to have not one vertical axis, not two, but three. And consequently, yeah. you need multiple horizontal elements. And those multiple horizontal elements are staggered between those two gaps between. So it's not like you could just run all the way across three of them. You got to crank across one and then move up and then crank across the other. Um, I shouldn't say crank, move across the other because you don't crank for horizontal movement. But Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was a really fun, challenging, interesting uh, complexity built into level four. So uh, i I love this game. I thought it was incredibly charming and challenging and fun. And I just kept wanting to do better. I, I love Don's analogy of like that, you know, King of Kong style, like trying to perfect those milliseconds on your performance so that you can get a higher score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, fun game. So uh, Ryan, what's your ranking on this one? I put this one at um, number five, right below Pick Pack Pup and above Boogie Loops. And again, I feel weird putting it in the middle of the pack, but again, there's just such good games being released in season one. It's it's tough, but yeah, number five for me. It's it's definitely tough to rank these. Uh, Don, how about you? I've got it number three right under a Coke. Nice. Wow. Two... Very strong contenders wow. this week for you. Well, it, it, when I saw that it, it pop up on my screen, Flipper Lifter, and then I play the game, there's no pinball in it. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Missed opportunity. <laughs> Knocked down a peg. <laughs> uh, so for this uh, week, Flipper Lifter is number four for me, right under Pick Pack Pop. Nice. Yeah. Great game. Um, yeah. Uh, Great week. Very, very exciting Uh Time to be a playdate mm-hmm. player and owner. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, we will. We, I, in my opinion, next week equally as strong. Mm. Next week's episode, a couple of um, bangers, as the kids mm. used to say several years ago. Indeed. <laughs> yes. Looking forward to episode five already.
<laughs> yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. Well, same. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can email us hello play date podcast at gmail.com on Twitter. Hello PD podcast, Instagram. Hello play date. The website, hello play date podcast. No, it's not. Got to get that down. Got to get the routine <laughs> down. Website is just playdatepodcast.com. Please join us on the discord and chat with us there and uh, leave us a voicemail on the bingo tip line 724-BINGOS1 724-246-4671 All of this stuff will be in the show notes and thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Thanks, everybody.